Hi guys and welcome to episode 24 of the In The Hub podcast, brought to you by Playbox Technology UK. In this week's episode, we speak to Melissa Cogavin, Managing Editor of the Society for Broadband Professionals, the SCTE. Melissa's career has taken her through various paths within the film industry, where she has worked with the likes of Paramount and Disney, to name a few. She also founded the Event Cinema Association, where she coined the term Event Cinema and furthered its development. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. So welcome to the In The Hub podcast, Melissa. How are you doing today? You all right? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, you're very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad myself, thank you. Um, so we'll just get straight into the questions then, if that's okay, Melissa. Of course. Awesome. So, Melissa, I know that your career's largely been based within kind of the film and media industries. So how did you actually get started on that path? When I left college with an English degree, it wasn't particularly vocational. I ended up selling advertising space at the uh, Evening Standard oh, okay. <laughs> in the mid-90s, which was a pretty cutthroat place to start. But the training was excellent. So in terms of sales training, I... I couldn't really have been in a, a better place. It was an awful job and I hated it, but I'd stuck it out for two years. And um, and then I kind of ended up taking a strange move into the music industry briefly, which was a, a boom time for CD manufacture when things were going crazy. And it was at the mid nineties. It was quite an exciting place to be. And through my contacts there, I took another leap over to Disney at that point and, and uh, started working for, in um, a department called Disney Character Voices, which is, the, the dubbing department for TV. Um, and then I sort of worked my way up through TV, home entertainment, and into theatrical distribution over seven years there. Yeah, it was a, not the most planned uh, career path, I suppose, but it's been quite broad. I kind of experienced quite a few industries that way. And, and then that, that brought me into Paramount and kind of on from there, really. I imagine there must have been some, some like you, you were saying with CDs, you know, some drastic changes going on in those kind of industries at the time. Yeah, it was. And I mean, technology was moving pretty fast. Um, when you're right in the middle of it, you don't really appreciate how quick that, quickly that is. You know? But, you know, I remember being struck at the time by the te- technology was there, but the consumer appetite for change wasn't. And I don't even remember, you know, having to upgrade from vinyl to CD. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, that was a massive... <laughs> outlay for a lot of people and 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 from DVD, yeah. from video vhs to dvd was the same kind of outlay and really it was the, it was the appetite for that and the money that the average consumer had to spend 16.99 on a cd God, Do you remember that? yeah <laughs> and now all these cds are just sitting in people's attics and no one yeah. to do with them gathering dust. <laughs> yeah. so um yeah it was an interesting time to be there and then and of course i was i was at disney when the napster thing happened and i kind of watched the music just implode at that point I don't think anyone knew what to do but it took someone like a visionary like Steve Jobs to harness that technology and create iTunes and, oh, 100%, and yeah. he sort of saved it really and and you know I think the rest of how we absorb content now is largely down to, to that shift I think. From all of that then from your previous experiences what you know what actually led you to taking on the managing editor position at, at SCTE? I'll just sort of backpedal a bit when I was at Paramount I was there for three years and then I left right in the middle of the recession um, to become a consultant, which was uh, a kind of pretty random move again. And I uh, found myself working at the Royal Opera House, uh, who were, and they had just started putting live broadcasts of ballet and opera into cinemas, which was really exciting. And uh, I'd never heard of it before. And you get quite institutionalised when you're in a big studio for a long time. You, you're not really aware of what's going on on the periphery of the, of the sector. So I wasn't aware of it. And um, and it seemed extraordinary to me. Um, and it was it was growing quite quickly. And that sort of led to other freelance work in the in the same sort of area. And I was just kind of bringing my distribution expertise to these, these arts companies who didn't know anything about the cinema industry. So I was kind of 
bridging that gap. And I, I did that, that kind of work for about four years in sort of post-production and, and marketing and sales. And I was really excited by what I saw in that area. And, and um, I could see all these these really hardworking little companies and big brands like the Royal Opera House trying desperately to sell tickets to a completely unaware audience. And I, I just thought there's a big need for a trade association yes, here, someone yeah. to bring all this, this activity together and give it a name because it didn't even have one. So I kind of came up with the name Event Cinema and I created the Event Cinema Association and set up a trade association really with with um, just the, the, I kind of had the mission to promote and support the players in that sector. I could really see that there was a, a massive need to, to produce things like conferences and awards and just gain column inches in newspapers and, and, and get that name event cinema out into the press so that audiences start to know what to look for on websites and that sort of thing. So it was very marketing led really. Um, so I did that for six years and I loved it. And it was an amazing experience. And uh, so I was sort of running a trade association, but I was also doing lots of marketing and sales and lots of writing on the side as well. So I was writing for magazines. So when I saw this role come up at the SCT, this ticked every yes, box because it yeah. was kind of like appealing to everything I enjoyed about running the ECA, um, all, all the best parts of it, really. So I, I leapt at the chance um, and I'm really glad I did. So here I am four months later. Yeah, no, it sounds really good. Um, and, and what were your kind of initial impressions about the SCT when you first joined? You know, what, what immediately stood out to you about the organisation? It was actually a personality thing. I just I just really like the people. They, they've all known each other for a really long time. And, yeah. and the organisation has been going since 1945. So it's got a really long history. And they're, the people there are very, very proud of that. And very they've all known each other forever. And it was it's like a family. And I, it just really appealed to me straight away. They, they were, and they they always been so friendly and supportive it's been it's been really nice so it was that really that was my first impression of it I felt relaxed straight away with them which is nice you don't often feel that way in an interview do you no oh 100 percent yeah it's uh yeah I agree with you you know leap at the chance at organizations like that and I it's just a shame that it's you know you took on the role during COVID isn't it really um so has it just been purely remote so far have you actually had a chance to meet any of the guys yeah but it's and if that seems quite normal now because you know for quite a long time I, I kind of forget I've not actually met any of them in person yeah I don't know how tall any of them are for stuff like that it'd be weird <laughs> when I do actually meet them in person they'll probably feel the yeah. same about me but it, it, it in a way it's been quite good because a lot of the sort of big events that go on through the calendar year are all, all online so I haven't had to um try and combine putting a magazine out and going traveling once or twice a month to various I'm glad about that. It's been quite a gentle way in. So yeah, and also it's quite easy to reach people. No one's going anywhere, so I need to ring someone. They always pick up the phone, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) So um, yeah, so it all seems very normal. It's amazing how adaptable people can be. Just moving on a little bit, has there been kind of a a key takeaway from your time in the film industry? So everything you know, you did with events, cinema, and and through Paramount and Disney. Has there been you know a key takeaway or, or something that you've you've taken from that experience that you find yourself applying to work within the SCTE? So I keep going back to the technology, but I, that, that is a big part of it. I and mean, working in media, it's evolved so quickly in the last 20 years, really. It's uh, unrecognisable, really, from what it was in sort of the early 90s. And having had to adapt quite quickly and, and leaping from, from one career to another, I've had to be quite agile and think quite hard about what the opportunities are. And I think there's a lot to be said for spotting gaps in the market and and being agile and recognize that nothing stays the same for very long and I think also things are quite cyclical as well so 
seeing companies break away say we want to be independent and then a few years of independence and they join together again and merge and then a few years later they go no, no, no enough of that and we'll be independent again so there's a lot of cyclical kind of activity in, in business and I think I think that with the technology and, and the sort of response of, of being agile to respond to that to, to stay relevant and afloat is probably what I've learned so yeah so uh, you know societies and member organizations like the SCTE they're, they're quite prevalent in every industry aren't they once you dig in a little bit from industry to industry what do you think should be the core benefits available to the members of these organizations well I mean, every industry is different as it's different has its own pressure points i mean sct it's very much about standards and education and training which i i think is fantastic and it's an, a brilliant selling point that, that it offers discounts to that sort of thing and and discounts to to um industry events and so on but i think crucially that the thing it any trade association provides most of all is, is a sense of community uh, that's what I saw was lacking when I set up the ECA because trying to find other people in the industry it was literally I would stumble across them online and then you'd be emailing them through the website like it was so frustrating and I, I thought if only there was a one central place where I could find out who all the players are in this industry and then I could meet them in a place and, and work the room and get to know them and do some business that way I and mean, that's how all businesses function and so I think a trade association is there or a learning society um, or however you whatever you want to call it they all provide that kind of service and that that sense of community is, is really important and I think especially now while everyone's working from home and people are under a lot of pressure an industry body has a responsibility to its members to make sure they're okay I, I think there's kind of a a new twist on that I, I feel quite strongly it's a bit there's an outreach element to this now that is it is important and, and whether people take it up or not is, is it's up to them but I think it's important that the, the SCT or any trade bodies seem to be looking out for the people that, that you know they wouldn't be there without those people. I love that outlook on it as well that it's not just purely transactional you know here's a few brochures and leaflets you oh, yeah. know, you're actually you know interacting with members bit of outreach and like you said yeah especially with uh, a time like now such uncertainty yeah it really should be about reaching out to the members seeing if they can be helped in any way is it mental health awareness month i think at the moment and you know we're all hearing so much about it and i think it's really important that we bear that in mind we don't think the human race has never been under such pressure and it's great that we've all got an awareness of mental health the last couple of years that's become quite important and i think it's you know, the sec it has um a role to play in that to make sure that we're providing the tools and that are necessary that you know there are a lot of engineers out there who are really under pressure i mean it's it's must be very very tough to, yeah. to be doing this in these conditions so yeah that's i kind of feel from a human element there's there's that but but there's also you know rep- represent the industry uh, promoting the industry and talking about accomplishments and achievements and, and flag waving i think that's really important so i'm very happy to put my marketing hat on and represent the industry in that way. Yeah, that comes very naturally and I've had years of experience with that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, I think, generally that's what they're, it's there for. Yeah, and I think it ties quite nicely into the next question and it's, you know, what, what do you have planned for the SET going forwards? Where do you envision it being this time next year? Well, that's a good question. I mean, that's very hard to predict what's going to happen this year, isn't it, alone? You know, um, and we have we have things in the diary planned, and we have webinars, and we have our spring lecture coming up. And you know, the the SCT is seventy six years old this year, so there's a seventy five plus one anniversary dinner planned. But whether that actually goes ahead is still up in the air. Cool. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. You know, we really hope it does. Um, so it's difficult to plan, but I'm mean, I'm really excited about the, the the whole webinar thing. That's going really well. 
and I, my personally, I, I want to sort of get to know the membership better. You know, I'm, I'm very excited about what, we, what we're doing with the magazine. I've just got my first issue out. That was really exciting. Yes, um, yeah, congratulations. That. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's, that's quite a big deal. Um, and now I, I, I kind of want to spend the next couple of months sort of getting to know the members really and really understanding from them what they want from us. Well, just taking a stab in the dark and saying, we're going to do this. I, I, need to, I want to get to know the industry really, because it's, it's a big jump for me. I mean, there are overlaps between the cinema industry and, and this one, as you know, but there's a lot I don't know. And technically I'm, I'm really not very clued up at all. So I, I've got a lot of learning to do. You know, I think it's the same with it. If you take any new job, the first, yeah, 100%. The first 12 months is a learning curve. So I don't, I don't want to go storming and announcing changes. That's not my, what I'm doing here. I, but I yeah. do think getting to know the industry and going to other members is key. Um, I kind of want to be a little less um, on the formal side as well. I kind of want to, that's just my nature. I think I want to just be informal and get to know people. So <laughs> what you said about everything yeah. being online, it is good in a way, but I'm dying to get out there and actually meet some people. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I get, yeah, I get the feeling as well. It's, yeah. And, and so without COVID, obviously award ceremony stuff going on, I, I suppose that would be a prime time to, to be meeting members and, and socialising and, and networking, yeah. So it really has put a barrier uh, in that respect. Yeah. Yeah, it has. So I appreciate you, you know, getting to, to put putting this together because this wouldn't happen. So it's very nice. Oh, percent. Yeah, I think yeah, it's and and you guys with the webinars as well. It's important to have took stock of resources for you know what what can we do now to reach out and not just been stagnant instead and said you know, oh, hopefully we'll be at this show this year. You know, instead it's it's you know getting out there and and just doing what you can with the resources you've got now. Exactly. Exactly. It's been very interesting. Um, <laughs> In one word, what do you see as the future of, of the broadcasting industry and the film industry? Is there is there an overlap there or do you think they're going in, you know, completely separate directions? No, I don't. I mean, I put hyperdrive down as one word, but there's loads of words. I mean, I, I think I say hyperdrive because it's, it is moving really fast. And it's Disney yes, Plus yeah. now got more subscribers than Netflix. It's, how, it's amazing how this has changed so far. So, yeah, it is in hyperdrive. And I think... There are some big opportunists out there who have wanted to steer the industry the way they want to for years. And it sounds very cynical, but I think that there's a, an element of opportunism here that they've, this COVID has presented a, a, a huge crisis and people, and people are just using it to steer the business, steer business the way they want to. And I, I feel deeply sorry for cinema owners and exhibitors at the moment. I just think it's... It's tragic that they've been left out in the cold, but I can also see business-wise what's driving distributors to, to go online. Where that leaves, I, I think there will be a cinema industry at the end of this because people like to go to the movies. That's, that is a fact, but I think it's going to look quite drastically different. And I think the ones who are going into hyperdrive are going to do really, really well. And the ones who were, the ones who are wringing their hands and talking about tradition are going to just be left out in the cold. And there's lots, lots of people out there doing that. So yeah, yeah, I hate to say, like you know, I almost want reassurance that cinema's not going to be dead at the end of this because I, you know, I for one really enjoy going to to the cinema. It's always been a kind of major part of my life. Um, and if you were to to kind of believe headlines, you know, you'd think it's all going down the pan, but. You know, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean, what you, it's half term this week. What am I supposed to do with my kids in the rain? <laughs> That's true. Uh, cinema That's is what always take them to the cinema. And I can't do that at the moment. Um, and if there isn't a cinema at the end of all this, then what? See, I mean, there, what I imagine might happen is more blockbusters will end up on being streamed, and you'll see yeah. um, 
uh, with, uh, with lower budgets as well, because they can't afford to do those kind of effects and then only gets five ninety nine a month per household. But, you know, that doesn't add up. I don't know what, what they'll do, but you might end up seeing some more creative, more independent movies at the cinema and, and cinemas are taking the curation of their own content into their own hands a bit more, because I think they've been, been spoon-fed by the studios for so long, but that trust is totally destroyed now. So they, that, that model may look very different. So, yeah, just to end on, Melissa, are there any exciting projects in the pipeline with you or, or with SCTE that you can talk to us about? Well, I mean, there's still lots in the plans at the moment, but I haven't really, I can't think I can really talk about it. Except I, I, we are really excited about the web, the webinars. They're going really well. And I'm delighted with the take-up of these. We've got quite a few to announce and talking to lots of people. They're all really keen. So it's just great to harness the technology available to us to sort of kind of answer that call it's part of what i was saying about the mission of sort of engaging the members and giving them a platform to to sort of showcase what they're about and i think that's that's great so that's been really good and you'll see in the new issue as well i've introduced something called the sct long read so that's a, a feature that we're writing now what i'm writing so i kind of you know i would say anyone's got any ideas for for something that you think i should get involved in because i'm new to this industry too so i'll, I'll happily write something if, if i can get my teeth into it but i need the ideas so i would if anyone's listening <laughs> it would be great to have a chat with you because that's you know that long read is something that's going to be so it's going to go on for every issue and i'm really excited about it's just it's it's, it's an inquiry it's not just sort of a, an interview or a q a it's it's an actual bit of investigative journalism so that's quite quite fun to do so that there's two things anyway and i'll we'll reveal more as time goes on i'm sure yeah and it, yeah it's really exciting to see what you guys are doing and it's it's great to see it you know breathing some life back in thank you it's great fun. I'm really enjoying it. So, how can people get in touch with you and find out more about anything you're up to? Well, I'm on. We're on the website, and my email is melissa at the sctee.eu. Awesome. Sounds very good. So, thanks so much, Melissa, for taking the time out to come and speak to us today. It's been really great. Pleasure. Um, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Melissa.